Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Match Ball. Hello there. Welcome to The Match Ball. Uh, it's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. You can get a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan and I'm joined by Michael Normanson and Moscow White as well. Daniel Chapman, who has just dabbed for us. Thank you. Um, let's unpack that then. 5 2. Mm, mm, mm. Um, probably the easiest way to deal with this because a lot has happened here is just to go back. Seven goals. It's exciting, isn't it? Red card. Yeah, and a red card. Um, let's go back to the start Penalties, of this game free kicks. and work our way through it because it's probably worth looking at how that one. Unfolded. It feels to me like that's a perfect example of how a Premier League match completely just runs away from you. It gets away from you if you don't take your chances. If you've got Diego Llorente in your team. And you've got a terrible defender. As well, yeah. you have to say. He was, I mean, he, he was going a bit mad against Everton, wasn't he? And before that, I think he had some weird moments too. What was the game before that? Well, when did he sign? <laughs> yes, that's a, fair, that's a fair point. Yes, he's always been like this, hasn't he? Yeah, it's nothing really new. Uh, you know, he's, wor- he's getting worse, though. He's spiralled. And that game, Jesus Christ. Just every single time it went near him, it was a disaster. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I took from that overall, and we'll, we'll sort of go through the events of the game, because at 20 minutes, I, I jotted down bright start, plenty of the ball. But then as it unfolded, you just saw what Brentford were trying to do to us, and they just exploited it time and time and time again. And then later on, when the game had got away from us, they just kept scoring, and we kept helping them score. Yep, we did. I mean, the ref helped them too, which we should probably get onto because it, it felt like whenever, every time we were on the verge of getting into it, something either a refereeing decision or um, Diego Urente got in the got in the way for us. Um, it is possibly let's do it. Let's do it in order of the stuff that happened then, because the stuff that kind of went on after each event was influenced by what had already happened, hadn't it? You know, into the mm. penalty in the VAR and stuff like that. Um, you, you, I got the feeling, feeling that we might not have our, it might not be our day because. Rocker booted it straight into touch from the kickoff, which Moscow, you didn't actually see this. Um, but yeah, passed it to Rocker, put it in the touch. Oh, great. Um, Jesse in his white polo and black jeans is the third note that I uh, mm. that I noted down. Um, we had a chance 20 odd minutes in and then it all just went tits up from the penalty, didn't it? We, we, we were sort of in control of the game without having loads of clear cut chances up to that point. But I thought, oh, there's definitely something in, in this for us if we can get our noses in front. Um, the VAR penalty... Uh, on Tony by the letter of the law you can see why it was given because um, Sinistera kicked his leg before he got the ball but you watch that and you go is, is that is this the game now mm. I, I mean they watched it someone in a studio clearly watched it 
a dozen times and then the ref had to go over to the and watch it again another six or seven times before deciding. And it took them so long to make the mind up. You do think, well, is it is, is it, it clear and obvious? Is it clear at this point if it's taking you this long? <laughs> the, the the flip side argument to that, and I'll come to you on this one, Moscow, is it's a contact sport. There is going to be contact between player and man, but ultimately he just went in there and won the ball. Yeah. I mean, especially I mean it's not the flip side, it's the same side because it's still saying when something needs that many um views to try and determine down to the millimeter of to whether um ball touched leg or leg touched leg or what ha- happened you should just play on really because mm. it's just supposed to be a game isn't it a contact sport mm. and people run into each other they tackle each other um it was never really intended that we would be analyzing um things on video replay to within an, an nth of the millimeter of the millisecond when things occurred um and it does suck a lot of the joy out because i don't think any of us um grew up wanting to watch football matches where nobody's actually playing football they're just all waiting for somebody miles away to watch Mm. a very slow motion replay to try and um work out what happened in this millisecond it's one of those you know you can't always hark back to the good olden days but if that incident happened in a match you know 30 years ago nobody would care no, nobody will care if it was a penalty or a free kick or whatever, if it's given one way or another. You just get on with the match. And um, I don't think we've necessarily improved football by uh, taking things down to that level. And the, the Brentford players weren't appealing for it being a penalty. No. They appealed for the handball, which wasn't a handball. Mm. It just sort of bounced down and skimmed off him, didn't it? But not for the actual, like the scooping of the leg in. Nobody who likes football cares about that stuff. No. And probably if they'd given the handball and we didn't have VAR over I probably would have said, oh yeah, it hit his arm. I mean, it, like where we've been on the obviously on the the receiving end of that decision, so we're always going to tend towards what benefits us and makes us happier. Mm. If the shoe had been on the other foot, if it had been up at the other end, how do you react to that? Do you think if if it's not given, you go, "Ah, oh, fair enough," or would you have want that, wanted that given to us? It's, it's very hard to say. It, I don't like that thing. It's like Moscow was just saying. I don't like that things have to be looked at in such microscopic detail. For and obviously, obviously you're always going to want if it's in your favour, you're always going to want the decision. You're never going to turn down a penalty, are you? So I'd say yes. Obviously, I would want it to be a penalty, but I—that's where a grown-up needs to step in and go. Well, we're just not going to do this because obviously you're always going to want your own team to have to have the best of it, aren't you? But I just think it's shit. Yeah. Basically. And there's so if you and if you were to break down every challenge on the pitch in microscopic detail, on probably thirty percent of tackles, you would spot a microscopic contact on one part of the body before the ball is touched. And but you don't do it on everything. You just do it on this one thing. And I think the one thing VAR has done weirdly that's on on penalties is that it's created a situation. I mean, this this was overruled, but a thing where if that's given, VAR definitely wouldn't overturn it. But it's rare to see one that marginal given. I would say, mm. but it's, it's created the VAR's created the weird world of like. It, it, things can be both a penalty and not a penalty, depending upon whether or not. Oh, What's the order of events leading up to it, isn't it? it? Yeah, whether like, or not whether, whether or not has the, ref, the ref given it. Or, if the ref yeah. gives it, then they generally will they'll stick with it. In this case, it overturned it, and I, I would say it didn't meet the threshold for for and, overturning. And it. if it takes three minutes to get to that decision, as you were saying, yeah, it's, yeah. But you know, it is what it is, isn't it? You just have to. It's just I say it's just transferred, as we've said before about VAR. It's just transferred the responsibility for the error if it is an error elsewhere. Mm. That's all that is. Um, so then we fast forward another sort of five, ten minutes because I even then I noted down that we were in control of the game at 35 but then at 40, Joffy had that chance you know, the toe-ended chance mm. that he pulled just wide which is actually a lot closer you notice from the replays um, 
than the initial chance. Replays are useful. <laughs> they are, but only if it's going to make us happy. Um, could and probably should have been one-one at that point. Well, well it was. It was not an easy chance. No, and it wasn't a glaring. Like, I mean, fast forward to the second half when you got Bamford one-on-one putting the ball out for a corner almost um, nearer the corner flag than the goal. But he's rusty, isn't he? Um, but there was nothing wrong with the way Galhart tried finishing that. It was just... Um, it's pure instinct, wasn't it, really? It was a good move with Jackie. Um, and he made it happen and then he's through and then it's a it's a really good effort and it's only, um, what are we talking, six inches wide or something. So never have a problem with somebody doing that. Also, just going, just returning to the VAR thing, I just had another thought as well. Cause Let TJ, it go. Because TJ's just mentioned in the YouTube live stream comments, has there ever been a case where the ref goes to the monitor and doesn't um, change the decision? Because that's entirely performative, isn't it? But if it's taking you three minutes, surely that then bakes in some uncertainty into the decision. Mm. I think there's been there have been very very rare occasions of it, but yeah, generally speaking, if someone if someone's referred, you go, oh, okay, yeah, because this has got because someone essentially someone in the ref's ear has already told him mm. this is a penalty, and at, at that point you get the you've had it planted in your head, haven't you? Like that someone uh, someone else has said, yeah, you've got this wrong, yes. and you it's, you then have to disagree with someone who's just told you that you've got it wrong and it's it's kind of there's a weird political element to it as well I suppose at that point and it's for the benefit of the people in this stadium as well isn't it it's this the, it's the performative aspect to mm. it because then you're not just getting a decision pop up on screen and then they're going and going oh penalty and you go well why it's it's then it's kind of a well we've pointed the referee to the screen the referee has looked at it and has mm. decided to give it sorry Moscow and the referee has the worst view of them all in the end because if you're you know it's, it's the difference between watching a, a TV or watching a stream on a laptop real close up in your own home and watching something from the back of a pub. I don't think standing in, on a field while Yorente and Melier are uh, speaking different languages in your ear and the fourth official is trying to wash your people away on that tiny monitor which they've had to put the surround around to keep the sun off so they can get... It's the worst view in the house. And so it's no wonder that the referees never overturn them because they probably just go like, well, I can't see any better than you saw in the, in the um, VAR room. Um, and the whole selling it business is just like, they should just stop it because it's just a waste of time. And then 43 minutes then, so after that Joffe chance, that's when it went 2-0 from that free kick. Any blame on the wall or Melier? His footwork took him a couple of steps to, to the side. Well, I wasn't sure this was a free kick well, get, I was going to get to that in a second. I was just going to say on the actual finish itself, anything in that at all? Because he just, he didn't know whether it was going to go over the wall or around the wall. So once you've made your decision with that and your footwork starts to happen mm. and he steps a couple of steps to the to the right as he looks at it, and it's gone the other way. There's nothing he can do. It does seem to be a little bit of a weakness of Melio. He's good at almost everything, but I always, I'm, I'm sure he's let a few free kicks in now. And he, I don't know, I never quite trust him on it. He doesn't look certain. That one was absolutely brilliant. It was a very, it was right in the top corner. Yeah, but equally, the, um, it was on his side. So if he's, he, he could have probably reached it if he'd have been over that side of the goal in the first Tony place. Tony would just but, put it the other side. Yeah. If he can do that, he can do, he can put it wherever he wants. And the, um, the setup of the, Walls. Um, I'm sure Brentford used to have Gianni Vio. I think they've got a different set piece coach now. The little floozy has been everywhere, hasn't he? He's at Spurs now. Yeah, he always leaves his. Uh, I don't know if he leaves, he's got four thousand eight hundred and thirty is the current number on his strategies. I don't know how many he leaves behind or what the rules are on whether you have to like stop using his intellectual property after he's gone. But um, with the way the walls were set up, there was clearly um, a plan behind that, which had the effect of just letting Melier see absolutely nothing of it. He could have stood anywhere and he's got no view of that ball because there's effectively two separate walls in front of him. Um, and yeah, and then the ball goes, I don't know if it could have been even any further in the top corner mm. than it was. It was absolutely it was, a, it was a 
absolutely perfectly placed. Just on the VAR video chat, um, both Katie and Michael in the comments on YouTube suggesting it's happened today in the Forest game. Actually, the ref stuck with his decision originally on field. So it well, does happen. The lesser spotted, uh, mm-hmm. lesser spotted beast. Good on that strong ref. Um, the free kick in the first place. I thought it looked pretty weak. What I've, I've forgotten now in all the other events, what happened was it? What happened? It was, was someone it? was running past Cock and it looked like a bit of a tangle of legs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was... Oh, he basically ran into him, didn't he? Because Cock sort of he positioned his body, but not, he didn't make the tackle and then yeah. he just bounced off him, didn't he? Yeah, Cock saw he was about to run free. So he's stood up to be strong and make sure he bounces off him rather than running where he wants. So probably a foul. Right, but it still felt felt soft, didn't it? In... Well, it was against Leeds, so I'm not happy about it. Was about so it should not have been given. By modern standards. Sinistera scores then just before half time, which I was really pleased about because obviously you would be <laughs> when we score. But I felt it gave um, half time a different complexion, didn't it? It's uh, mm. a two nil down. It's it's quite. It feels like quite a road back. Whereas at two one, it feels like it's just within touching distance. Yeah, and we deserved a goal. I thought out of that half, we didn't deserve to be going in two down. It was um, yeah, it, w- it would have been very harsh, and it was a very good goal as well from Sinistera, who looks it was excellent, wasn't it? It was an incredible goal. Who looks pretty much instantly like our best player. Yeah, Certainly was, our most threatening uh, player. He was great defending as well in the first half, going back and winning tackles and um, sort of starting to boss uh, Rocker and Tyler Adams about if their passing wasn't quite good enough, he's letting them know. Um, he was really impressive. And then the goal, it's not just the um, the first touch. Who, who? It's Letitia, isn't it, that once scored by just tip chipping it over somebody like that. Mm. Um, let's hope he doesn't go as mad as um, Matthew does in later life. But then the finish, um, I think it's kind of, we was trying to stumble towards what the differences are between Sinistera and Rafinha. And Rafinha would probably have tried to lash that into the top corner, um, whereas Sinistera calculated that rolling it into the bottom corner was probably a less, um, it's less likely to get it onto a YouTube compilation but it was much more likely to get it into the goal. And mm. it was a great finish and great setup. And he's brilliant. Could say the same about his finish against Barnsley. Uh, sorry, Everton. Yeah. When he cut inside. And Barnsley just, as well was great. In. The three goals have been really uh, well placed. He's good, isn't he? He's good at putting the ball where he decides to put it. And then uh, um, that's a good thing. When you said Everton, then I just had the, I just had the Arente flashback of him <laughs> kicking the air as it <laughs> the river, between his legs. The river dance. Um, so into the, into the second half then. Harrison off Bamford on. What did you make of that? Half time? I thought Harrison was doing pretty well. I'd have kept him on. But he was personally. getting doubled, doubled up on again, wasn't he? That was the thing, like um, two men round him at all times. He like against Everton. If, if someone's getting doubled up on, it means there's a space somewhere. So we should have just tried to find that. Yeah. <laughs> and Harrison has the skill to do something with it. He set up the uh, the chance that Ben Mee nearly scored an own goal from, mm. where he was being dragged back and he was surrounded by about three players and still got to the byline, and got a cross in. I think a lot of the time as well, he's not out because. Pascal Stroik, who is playing brilliantly, um, isn't the player to be bouncing passes off to help Harrison get to the byline. We saw a lot in the first half um, that Stroik was getting wide and you're thinking, could there be a cross in? Could there be a ball in the penalty area? Because he's a centre-half, it's he, he doesn't really have the the tools to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a dream where we signed a left-back and they made their debut today. And Pascal Stroik just moved into central defence and Llorente sat on the bench but that's just idle fantasy at this stage. Mm. And into the second half proper then. Um, we had a bit of pressure early on. We had uh, Rocker who shot from distance 
at one point. I think that's when you said he never really scores, does he, Michael? <laughs> Which is quite funny given what, what without, followed. Without actually knowing the stats, but I just asked him to... I should, I'll look it up while you're yeah. talking. Well, I wrote that down at 54 minutes and said, pressure, rocker um, shot from distance, but then 54 minutes, that's when they had that break as well, when that um, Potter kid, um, the Hogwarts lad, tested Melier with a good save. And I think that was the moment at which you could see it was it was properly, properly um, in the balance mm. there. And then 58 minutes when it goes to 3-1, that was the chip, wasn't it? But that, that was the point at which I thought, they've just suckered us into their plan here, which was to keep hitting us on the break, keep hitting us on the break. And what happens is when you buy good forwards or you build a squad populated by good forwards, they'll score your goals. I felt like we went... And they have. I feel like we went too attacking. Yeah. Because it, it seemed inevitable that they would score more goals in that because every time they broke they seem to have a reasonable chance um, even, even if I, I suppose the um, the ones that did score were in some ways due to errors or a bit of a bit of fortune we went we went about as exactly as attacking as we do especially when we were behind it was the same as Everton where we were um, attacking so much um, in the second half and there was the the chances that there was the one that was offside one that Stroik stopped and then the one that Melier made the save on mm. so we um and they were all from the same thing of just leaving ourselves massively open at the back and throwing tons of players forward. And um, and Brentford combined that with being really, really good at pressing us. I think they pressed better than we did today. Um, you saw how many times like our players were making mistakes because there were four Brentford players surrounding them. There's that um, video that goes around of when Holland started doing total football in the 70s and were it looks like schoolboy football at times. You can't you you can't believe it, and it kind of looked a bit like that at times with um, the way Brentford was surrounding us in possession, and we just couldn't uh, could not get out. And then um, because everything is so compressed, it's a it's a, a feature of the way we play is that we then have this huge amount of pitch that just kind of only a couple of people are looking at to see what happens there. And at three one with Tony there, that was the point at which I thought, could you imagine Tony in our side? And I started to. You know, when you get behind in these situations, you start to review transfer policy. And, th- and then I just looked at his transfer fee. It was five rising to 10 and they only signed him two years ago, mm. Ivan Tony. What you might, might constitute a warm body, if you like. Well, I'm, I'm sure there was more strategy than oh, just a warm body. For no, but I mean, at that level, that's the that's the bracket in which you would put a player like Tony as a warm body, wouldn't mm. you? At that price, at that price. Yeah, I mean, they got him. He was a gamble though when they bought him because he was he only played in League One, I think, at that point. He was he did the game out of Portsmouth, I think. He was who's got a lot of goals was for not Peterborough. I, I can't remember. He he'd not played at a, even at championship level though. He wasn't yeah, he was, wasn't it's Peterborough. Yeah. Oh, there you go. He wasn't even proven at championship level at that point, though, was he? So a lot of money for, for a gamble, I guess, at that stage. Obviously it's turned out very well for them and he's um he was good today. But I mean the the third one as well, that's the one that went to was given offside, wasn't it? If I remember no, not yet. Not no, yet. We haven't got to that, that fun in games yet. Oh, no, because that was him winning the flick, wasn't it? Of course yep. it was, yeah. What was the third goal like? Llorente came dashing out uh, to try and get the ball that Cock was dealing with, missed it, and then um, <laughs> it went running through. Melier did his best to yep. clear it, but um, the, the kind way. of luck he's having, it went straight to Tony, who then um, finished again. Yeah. Good and finish. So, so you can blame the ref all you want, but with our lack of finishing combined with our abysmal defending, mm. how do you how do you expect to get anything out of a game like that? Yeah, I mean, if we'd if we'd have lost this by a goal, I'd be blaming the ref. As we lost it five two, I'm kind of happy to blame it on Urenta yeah. in the main because he was just a shambolic, and having to play alongside him must be awful when he's in this kind of form because mm. you just don't know what he's going to do. 
And then around the hour mark, that's when Click and Somerville came on for Sinistera and Gellhart. Would you have kept Sinistera on? Or? I, I guess he's knackered at this stage. Somerville, a new haircut, like a new signing. Mm-hmm. That's what they will say. And it could have been Dan James, couldn't it? So this is kind of, this is the mm. the deal that uh, Somerville is is the sub instead of Daniel. Uh, and then and he was, should and he should potentially have won as a penalty. Hmm. Well, yeah, I was going to come on to that in a sec because it was just after they came on that we got caught on the break again, exposed at the back. I don't even know what it was. I just wrote that down so it could <laughs> you could insert that that assessment for it was uh, most it was most patches any in the number game, of chances. Wasn't it? And then it was sixty three minutes when Somerville was brought down. Um, I can understand. I think there is logic in why it wasn't given as a penalty. I also think it's the wrong logic. It probably should have been because mm. it seems to have been that the foul started outside the box. Now, a number of people have tweeted as saying that if a foul starts outside the box but then continu- continues on into the box, a penalty should be given. That's what the rules say. So they've either mm. got that one wrong on that front, front, or they considered it two separate incidents where there was the there was the shirt pulling which happened outside the box, and then the shove inside the area wasn't a penalty, mm. like wasn't a foul. I'm not sure if even that was just about outside the box when the shove occurred. I know he fell into it. I'd have to say it again, but so I wasn't. It, I wasn't convinced it was. It was necessarily in the box. It was what. The, what it definitely was was a foul. Yeah. So, in, but in which case, this is where um, VAR shows its limitations because it can't pull them back for a free kick. Mm. It can for a penalty, but not for a free kick. So I understand the logic, but it's just an absolute arse, isn't it? It's just stupid and pointless. And again, just like what we're saying about you've fallen out of love with football when you see things like this. You think to, to any sensible viewer, there's got to be some sort of offence in there that logically should be punished by something for us. I mean, the ref should but, have very, very clearly seen it and given a free kick, at which point then VAR would step in and go, oh, they could have been in the box there. We'll have a look at it. But the fact he didn't even give a free kick for a really blatant shirt pull and then a push, that's what that's where it went wrong. If the ref gives a free kick for it in the first place, VAR can look at it and yes, say... yeah, yeah. No, actually, it, it was and, penalty. And then yeah. give a penalty. Yeah. As he doesn't give anything, they then are struggling to maybe bring it back to just give a free kick, but the fact he missed it was a free kick was just And again, ridiculous. another weakness in the implementation of VAR is that refs naturally will use it as a crutch and sometimes not make decisions mm. just in case um, VAR, that can be my safety net, they can pick it up afterwards. You don't know for sure, I'm just speculating on the state of mind of the ref, but mm. it must be part of it because to me, to my mind as a, as a casual viewer, like the rules are so complex and almost like impenetrable that it must affect them but it gets pretty simple if you break the rules down to he's having his shirt pulled and he's being pushed over, I'll blow me whistle. Yeah, yeah. The game becomes really easy when you just treat it like that. Yeah. I can, I'll go in, I mean, I know um, what's-his-face is coming back from the States to help all the refs out, isn't he? I'm going to get in there first and I'll just start, start with your uh, your coaching uh, <laughs> knowledge. I feel like I've got a lot to help with uh, contribute to referees. Stay away from pigs. That's the other, mm. the other bit of advice I'd be giving them. I mean, that's the other thing we've got to consider is that Brentford's stadium being just um, festooned with so much, so much uh, Danish-related advertising, mm. um, the uh, the strong smell of, of bacon in the corridors can send a person wild mm. if they've got pigs on the mind. Mm. Unrelated to which, this is when Jesse Marsh got sent off, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, so it w- what's our concluding thought, first of all, on the penalty before we get to Jesse's he should have. If it? the ref gives a... The ref can at this point. The ref can, for what was an obvious foul, the ref could either give a free kick or he could give a penalty, and then VAR will step in and tell him if he's wrong on either of those things. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Marsh himself is doing his press and now we'll come to his comments in a minute because we're nearly at the end of the game. Ooh, thank God for that. Um, so then your Marsh is sent off, which let's be fair, has been coming for a couple of games. Do you think he was sent off on the basis of his uh, behaviour in the last couple of games as well? Keith Stroud is a grass. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Amongst other crimes. Yeah, the only uh, video that I've seen of it is um, him, is Marsh standing sort of face to face with the linesman and uh, with both arms pointing at where the VAR monitor is and going, send him to go and look at the little telly. And uh, whether it's the the linesman who has taken offence or. Um, fourth Keith, official Keith Stroud who is mm. the fourth official who is made uh, um, a pig's ear of it yeah has been listening in and, and uh, decided to squeal to the the referee um, it's one of the other but certainly you could see Stroud in the background looking very pleased with the situation um, yeah so but I mean it's not a surprise I don't know if it was necessarily uh, we'd, we'd have to get more information on how long Marsh was doing that for exactly what language he was using but um, I would not be surprised if all the referees will know what he's like by now because the little snitches talk, don't they? Um, <laughs> well, all, so all word this... will have got around, and I don't think it's I don't think it's a difficult decision for a, a referee now. And uh, you know, it is annoying. It's a difficult decision somehow to give a free kick or a, a penalty for a clear foul on Somerville, but it's not a difficult decision to show a red card to a manager because there's a bit, a little bit more. Um, posturing involved mm. in the second and uh, and fewer people are going to um, maybe take issue with it because everyone will just say well of course he got sent off because that's his that's his act um, and all the annoyance then flowed through into what happened at the other end a couple of minutes later which was when Brentford got that free kick when Tony barged into Cock and Cock gave him one back but the ref gave it to Brentford because mm. he obviously saw the, the later offence which is a smart play by Tony to be the fair. The ref was fucking useless though. Yeah. Like He just he missed so much in the game. I, I disagreed with no or less everything he did 
Yeah. It's even to the point where he gave us a free kick at the end, the one that um that Somerville was he was given as a foul on Somerville. I'm not even sure that was that was a free kick, but mm. he seemed to give it because he'd missed one earlier. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I'll have this one instead. Yeah, remember <laughs> even Sin- it up. Sinistera got booked for that penalty. Oh yeah. Mm. When there was There was no intent there whatsoever, was there? Yeah, I'd like to know what the booking was actually for. Denial of a goal scoring chance? Well that's a red card, isn't it? But if it's a penalty, is it double jeopardy? If it's but- a if it's a legit challenge for the ball, then you that's not um, a red card anymore and he's, he's saying actually here is that he thought Marsh is saying he, th- he thought Somerville's penalty claim was stronger I mean in fairness he, no, the ref too. did later book Mateus Click for standing up yes he did which was, which was the probably his, his finest moment of the whole game really if you want, unless they miss something on the replay but sorry the first time round and essentially Click is fouled he's pulled over stands up while someone's still holding onto his leg and then Click gets booked for it yeah that's what, ref, that's what refs do when they don't quite know what's going on, though, doesn't it? It's your, classic, yeah, it's your classic yellow card for both. Yeah, mm. Click tried to get out of it by um, sort of going limp and just being like, right, you can just knock me about and I'm not going to respond and see if I can avoid a booking. But it does seem to be, again, it's an easy uh, yellow card if you're playing for one team and you want to get your, the other player booked. Um, just drag them into something like that and then um, and you'll both get booked, even though an innocent bystander matches Click. There's just a face of pure innocence, isn't he? And then the sort of final acts of madness took place. We had the Bamford miss. That's not far from the final act of madness. We're still uh, fully in the madness. Uh, which then evolved into the save from Rocker, which we thought, oh my God, how has he saved that? But actually it was straight down his throat, wasn't it? It was a bit unlucky. But, I was um, wondering if that goal would have been given because Bamford came wandering out of the net and stood offside. And then I was watching Rocker running through and mentally screaming at Bamford just... Lie Get down in the side. goal. Yeah. Lie down behind in the nets where you can't do any more harm. <laughs> but um, yeah, that all he uh, who we're playing next, Nottingham Forest, his boyhood club. He needs to channel the spirit of Stern John into a hat trick against Forest just to get all that shit out of his system. Because it's the same with when he went through before one on one and tried to curl it around the goalkeeper, and it's off towards the corner flag. I think uh, fella needs a goal, doesn't he, just to get himself back from? And you saw the goal when he scored against Cagliari in pre-season. Big happy Pat, um, and we need happy Pat. Mm. And it was, um, a, it was a not quite on the level of Varney against Southampton. Nothing could be because Pat's done good things in his life. But it was a clearance as opposed to a shot, wasn't it? Yeah, but still, I think it was at this point. He's still I, a better person than Luke Varney. It was at the point when I started, but you draw, you know drawing contrasts between Bamford and Tony, which is it's not a you know, direct comparison because Bamford is just coming back. But in terms of the squad options and where we are, mm. and all the shit that's gone in the last week that doesn't need, doesn't need repeating. Contrast the the sharpness of the two of them and where they mm. all are, and you know if that's your that's your option when you're chasing a game, it, mm. it doesn't 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 speak very well, does it, of um, of where the squad is. And injuries injuries happen, but you know you can mitigate well, against. Speak, them. Speaking of injuries, we've not talked about Luke Haling's nose yet because oh, he he, broke he, it, yeah, yeah. he put the cross in, didn't he, for Rocker? Uh, and in the end, he was he was slid in, and then he put it across, and then Rocker. Well, we've not got to Rocker, Rocker scoring. Yeah. Well, I was going to say yeah, that was seventy eight minutes was the miss, and then Rocker save, yeah. and then seventy nine was the goal, wasn't it? Which yeah, was really, it was really, really well worked. And then you thought, oh great, we've got a sniffer. This ten minutes to go, we're back in this. And then fucking hell, another minute later, because I w- I was writing down notes about that, and I looked up, mm. and he was running through, and then I had to look at the the VAR replay to see exactly what had gone on. Um, and again, because it's gone to VAR, regardless of whether it's it's right or not. The fact that it was kind of touch and go either way just makes you more annoyed about the whole VAR setup, doesn't it? I'm still not sure on this one because there's a chance. I don't think there was a, an angle that showed conclusively d- Tony didn't get a touch on it. And if Tony gets any sort of a touch, then surely at that point it's offside, isn't it? I mean, I don't think he did. But no, I've, I don't think he did in a million years. And as soon as I saw 
Robin Cock head it through goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a good it, assist. It, it just builds on your sense of injustice, doesn't it? When you see that shit happening, mm-hmm. you think, oh, that's not fair, but that's just football, isn't it? Sort of a shame as well, because Robin Cock has been absolutely brilliant this season and was um, helping children during the week and his reward. It should have been Urente heading that ball through. Just pile it all on him so that it's simple. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like um, Robin Cock is probably going to be um, involved in like collateral damage. Everybody's throwing around all sorts about our completely incompetent defence. And I no, Robin is a very competent defender and has been showing um, some real quality this season. And even, you know, compare it to um, uh, Urente on the goal before and Urente on the goal afterwards. What Robin did for their fourth was actually quite, you know, calm. It's a, it's a, it's a decent header. It's sensibly done. It's uh, it's not wild, um, just unfortunate. So uh, well played, Robin, on the Brentford's goal. Hey, Sean, um, Sean in the comments is saying that Bill's nose reminded me of how I look when I gaze into the back of a spoon. Which was it was, he almost went full Robbie Rogers, didn't he? Came on instantly. First thing he does is knock himself out, more or less. But it was just his nose all spread about. It's quite place. bright, didn't it? Actually, just on that quickly, just mention it now, but we, so we don't run too long. But Drame, I thought, was okay in this game. But he handled himself all right, all things considered. He did, but then you right. see um, Blue Kalen come on and immediately set up a goal. Yeah. And it kind of tells you a bit of a difference. And um, yeah. maybe maybe it's harsh on Christensen as well, but we've not seen him up in... Uh, like setting up goals like that so far this season, but then so. you could, but then you could argue Moscow that us pushing everybody so far up is what caused all the problems in the first place. Mm. But by that point, when you're chasing a game, of course you have to push people up. So um, it then results in you uh, conceding a fifth in ninety on the ninety first minute. I which, mean, for which, can I, I just, don't can think I just, that goal is down to people being pushed forward. <laughs> can I just say, just read my notes out? Brentford five two, fucking Urente. That's what I put. <sighs> there's no, there's no point really discussing what happened here is that there's nothing you can do on the training pitch to say we'll make sure that doesn't happen again just don't do that Reminded don't do me that of, thing uh, how it was was it six or seven at Liverpool last season uh, was seven. Forget the last one where it was from a corner and no, seven, seven at Man City about. six at Liverpool so. right yeah. it reminded me of that one where it was just like oh yeah just give him another it reminded me a lot of Harry Maguire against Brentford in fact mm. For scum this year when he just um, had a had a panic when someone ran at him. Well, Brentford, I mean, that's what I was saying before about their pressing is they did manage to panic us. And our game is supposed to be pressing the other team into panicking as we saw against Chelsea. And Brentford did a lot of that to us today and Llorente, um showed he can't handle it. Um, and yeah, he's trying to do a drag back there. It's just... Dick. Phenomenally stupid. Uh, just to Marsh's comments then uh, on replacing Harrison. Felt he was a bit tired uh, with all the football. He's been I'm playing. a bit tired. Mm, I am after watching that. Uh, similar sort of feelings on the on the clear and obvious phrasing of the rules about the penalty. It took too long. Uh, thought some of those claim was stronger. Um, end of the window. Crazy last 48 hours. Certain things got pulled out from under us. We've been following Nyoto's progress for some time. I thought we'd leave him at Zurich for a window or two, but we felt we had to accelerate that decision because everything else, else fucked up. That's me paraphrasing. Because <laughs> we accidentally end. sold a player. Yeah. The Harrison substitution is a bit weird. I mean, yeah, it's a three-game week. We put a lot into it, says Jesse. He's been fantastic, but I didn't feel like he had his legs and power like he normally does. I thought he was playing great. And also, we don't play again until a week on Monday. So give him... He can rest in, in this this window, can't he? Yeah, yeah, he's coming up for it. He can have a little... And also, all he's going to do tonight is go home 
and get straight on the treadmill. And <laughs> we know what he's like, so he'll probably be putting the effort you in anyway. You and your attractive partner on, and then, on treadmills next oh, to each other. Oh, should we do some sit-ups together? I don't, I don't know if there would have been a... <laughs> Is that what you do, Michael? ...a massive difference leaving him on for another 15 minutes because it seemed to... And it was sort of like, um, who did we lose to the other week? <laughs> um, who we lost who did to? we lose to the other week? Did we lose to Southampton? I'm not going to no, tell you. I know, I know who it is, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> we lost the game, me. didn't we? <laughs> who did we lose to? I know. Oh, it was Chelsea. Brighton. Brighton. <laughs> in, the same, in the same stupid jinxed kit. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the kids' pyjamas. And Brighton felt like, because we made those substitutions when we brought on Click and Sinistera and suddenly looked really good going forward. But, were caught out at the back because Tyler Adams was on his own. And then we had to bring Forshaw on to fix that. And it felt like we then were trying to make substitutions to fix the original one, which had worked to an extent, but it cost us a goal at the other end. And I, I was getting a, a similar sort of vibe where after Harrison was off, we're kind of then making changes to try and put back what we had with Harrison because Gellhart playing um, wide on the three behind Bamford didn't really seem to click. So then pretty, so give that 10 minutes and we have to take... Gelhart off and then we also take Sinistera off at the same time for Somerville and we haven't got Dan James anymore to, to do that and it just felt like um, and then what was the last one Sam Greenwood coming on to take a free kick special teams it just felt like a it felt like a second example in recent weeks of us kind of going behind in a game after making substitutions and then trying to repair what the original substitution had done and I would have I mean, hey, Moscow, can Harrison I, can is I, a can strong player and I want to interrupt player. you because this is your specialised subject here. Mastermind, get in the chair. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, Marsh says he's aware that his approach to challenging referees might influence the way they deal with him. Says, yeah. he, says he'd like uh, discussions with the authorities to understand certain situations better. The last three games have frustrated him. I don't think that's going to help him. If he, um, I want answers. You can yeah. handle the truth and all that. Well, even just imagine him going down to the Referees Association and saying... I want you to explain things to me in person. You, you wouldn't let him in, would you? <laughs> I mean, that, that, we, I mean, I don't want to pile on him, but we had, um, after the uh, the Brighton game again, was where he said, you know, the, the plan was good, but the players weren't executing it properly in the first half, which sounded quite Lampardish. And now if he's, you know, wanting phone calls and, a, and he's not quite at the level of demanding a personal apology from Mike Riley, but... It is another kind of Lampardish incident of like, no, I need to have these things explained to me personally. The the rules are probably the same for everybody that you can't wave your arms in the face of a linesman and dick about to that extent without there being um, how many disciplinary points has he got now? A yellow and a red. Do they still do that. I don't know if they do it. The top know. Up, disciplinary points. He might have to. Yeah, maybe he'll because uh, by his own rules he'll have to be off the bench for the next game. Yes. Um, but will he have to serve a suspension later in the season if he hits, you know, 17 disciplinary points? Uh, it's all a bit, um, it's all a bit distracting, isn't it? Right. So we'll wrap things up now because we've uh, gone quite long on this, but um, do let us know what you thought about Seven the game. Seven goals. That's what, why. What you thought about um, both the match ball and the game itself on the, um, on the feedback, which is on the same page as the live stream on the website. That's for TSB Plus members. Um, give us your scores out of 10 for the various players. Looking forward to seeing your Ente score, I should say. Are you going to put the ref on again this week, Moscow? Ref stays on, yeah. I Great. should have uh, done it from the start. But we'll just, um, well, maybe it, when we total up the averages, just give the opening ones zero <laughs> um, right. to make it fair. Uh, on Dan James and the transfer window, it's quite clear now it was a one-in-one-out scenario on the final day, which suggests the club is skint. 
Um, Dan James wanted to stay. Uh, somebody had to be sacrificed in order to um, in order to bring somebody in. So it was Dan James, one of your basically senior professionals, had to go out for us to be able to bring in Nyoto. They couldn't have done both. Well, we didn't we didn't mean to sign him, did we? Let's be honest. No, that was definitely not the plan at the start of the day. And then by the end of it, we're like, well, this kid. We've always yeah, said we liked him. We've let Dan. We've told Dan to go. So now we have to bring somebody in because it's 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 less. Um, a one-in, one-out scenario than a, a one-out, oh shit, <laughs> scenario, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it I feel was... I feel a bit sorry for him, despite what you might think of him but as Dan a player. James. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a, in a way, we did, in a moral sense, we did the right thing to let him still go to Fulham because we could possibly have pulled the plug on the whole thing and gone, actually, no, we've fucked this up. So you're going to have to come back and play for us now. Yeah. Even though we've essentially said, this morning, we don't want you anymore. Mm. We now do. Because the person we were going to get who's better than you is not available. Can't even afford any bodies, can we? Never mind, warm bodies. That's the thing. One Expensive. in, one out. You've got to pay for things that you buy, haven't you? Exactly. Expensive. Long winter coming up. Energy yeah. bills are high. Can't afford, um, well, can't those, afford extra those, players. Those floodlights are going to get more expensive to put on, aren't they, soon when rates go up? I'm it's not true. sure the skintness necessarily tracks if they were going to be paying 43 million for Gakpo. You know, the loan fee for James and the wages yeah, for weird, James will not be 43 million. So maybe it's more, it is more about who is in the squad in terms of we couldn't have, we were expecting to have a player replace Dan James in his position. So we have to let one leave to bring mm. one in um, rather than the money side. But you can change your mind. If you're saying we're only bringing in a, a, a four million pound footballer, are we? Are things that tight? Is the squad, does the squad have to be slimmed down like that? Well, I think by that look, questions for another day, I suppose. But. Yeah, I think by the point, by the time Dan James is having his medical at Fulham, um, whether... You know, Gakpo is coming from Eindhoven or somebody's not getting on a plane in France is very much not his problem. Um, it's our problem to solve at that point. And we've basically said somebody else is going to be doing your job for the rest of the season. So one out, one in. But the um, the in turned out to be an 18-year-old kid from Zurich who we didn't want to come for another couple of years. But I mean, funnily enough, when you look at the team today, you think what we really needed was a striker and a left-back because then Strout can just move in and this play is, as a left-sided centre-back. This is new information, Michael. Just saying, that's that would have been they would have been the positions you'd probably pick, wouldn't they? Let's just close out on this thought uh, because somebody's just asked. Let me find in the comments uh, why we are. It's Keith Gray actually is asking why the change to drinking out of glasses instead of cans here on the stream. It's because it's more civilized, isn't Classy. it? Yeah, rather than just necking cans of pop, we are moving over to Moscow. Uh, hates the plight, so he's drinking out of a plastic bottle. Mm-hmm. He's going to go throw that down a dolphin's throat, isn't he? When we're finished here, <laughs> throw it. Put it, you get Diego Renzi get his head trapped in that if you leave it around yeah. Ellen Road. In honour of Brentford, I'm going to go out murdering bees. Fuck the ecosystem. <laughs> we'll wrap it up there then. Thank you for joining us on the match ball. We've got propaganda to come, which again, we will tailor the flavour of propaganda according to our needs. So the people who are unhappy, we'll find them and we'll, we'll maybe talk about leads. Maybe not. We'll just have to see. We'll speak to you on all that. The match ball. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.